Hello and welcome to our podcast, Creatures of Yord. My name is Freya. And I am Jayanna. And we're two friends making a podcast where we explore paranormal creatures. Together, we record at night in our tent with a torch. So grab your soft toy and turn on all of your lights because we're about to get into it and things are going to get creepy. Hey, welcome to our first episode of Creatures of Yord, Jay. How are you? I'm pretty good, actually, and it's I feel like it's good timing for our first podcast because we've just had Halloween. Yeah, spooky. Fell on a blue moon. True. Do you know what a blue no, moon is? What is it? We know that expression, once in a blue moon. Yeah, I was actually just playing blue moon on the piano today as well. Blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, so basically, normally you have one full moon in a month. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have two full moons in a month, mm-hmm. but apparently the last one happened in like 1944. I was reading that there was a blue moon. Yeah. Wow. Or like 1945, 1944, or something like Whoa. that. Whoa! It's Once perfect. It's moon. serendipitous to do the um podcast today. Yeah. Halloween, spooky full moon vibes. <laughs> We've got a black cat near us. Yeah. <laughs> we called the spooky black cat Chain Bean. <laughs> yeah. Freya, seeing as this is our first episode, how about you tell us briefly about yourself? Yeah, okay. Well, um, I'm Freya. Um, I've been living in Indonesia for the last five years or so doing um, development work over there, but then I had to come home because of COVID. Um, so yeah, now I'm back in Canberra with all my high school friends, including you, Jay. Um, yeah, and so I'd run like a small clothing brand called Pon and... Um, yeah, just working as well and making a podcast now with you, Jay. How about you, Jay? Give us a little um brief intro about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Jayanna. I'm a yoga teacher for about a year now. And recently, I spent a year living in Canada just before COVID. And I'm also now back in my hometown and newly employed by the public service here in Canberra, which is where we're recording. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose we both have different reasons for why we wanted to do this podcast. Freya, why, um, why are you doing this podcast? Um, well, I guess after living in Indonesia for so long, uh, people are really into ghosts over there and there's so many ghost stories and folklore, um, and everyone I meet always would have an experience with a ghost. So I just got so into hearing all the stories. And then when I was living in a cost, which is just like a little studio apartment or dormitory um my boyfriend um he who is indonesian he would always say um that there was a ghost there and the first time he came over the ghost was outside my bedroom and every time he would come over the ghost would um was becoming progressively closer to being in my bedroom and then near me it was just like a really weird experience and like i didn't really know if i believed him or not but then one time he came over and he was asking me about the fan and it was making this, he was saying like, do you hear that clicking noise? I said, no, no, no. It's just my fan that's clicking. Don't like, it's nothing. And then he turned off my fan and the clicking noise continued. And he was showing to me that, oh, it's actually the ghost. And she's flicking this little light switch to let me know that she's still there, even when he's not around. And so that kind of like freaked me out. Yeah. These sort of weird experiences like that. Everyone has them. 
I've had them by proxy through people. So I'm just so curious to hear about all these different stories and learn about them. Great. Awesome. So, yeah, I've mean to ask you, was the light actually going on and off? No, it wasn't. It was like the electricity where you plug something in. So you couldn't see anything, but you could just hear it clickety-click-click-clicking. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get dragged out of bed by your Oh, foot? my gosh, no. We like bl- we paranormal? <laughs> paranormal activity, no. Instead, um, just burning all the incense and light. And we have to have lights on every night when we want to go to sleep to um, keep her away. Mm, yeah, your partner said you had to burn lots of incense as a sign of sort of like respect yeah, and peace. Yeah, as an offering, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jay? Have you had, um, like, what's your... Reason for doing the podcast? Yeah, what, what's your interest in paranormal? Mine kind of stems, I guess, in paranormal or mystical experiences of the divine. In particular, in yoga, it's believed there are a number of subtle energetic centers of the body called chakras. And the throat chakra in particular is believed to be physically and energetically connected to the ears. And I was focusing on this energy center last year um, and I started to get some sort of ringing in my ears. And I noticed um, or I actually met someone who said that they were clairvoyant and that's a classic experience of people who are clairvoyant. They get ringing in their ears, ear tension and sometimes voices speaking to them that they sometimes call their angels. Um, Yeah, so around this time, basically, I also had some psychic moments, I guess, clairvoyant moments. That's cool. And um, very, very random moments, not about anything consequential, Mm -hmm. but it definitely opened my mind to the possibility of the paranormal, including the dark side of that. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of like brought up some old fears of the dark and spooky things which I used to have when I was little so I guess I'm sort of here wanting to explore the potential of the dark side of the paranormal um and work through some of those fears with facing those fears (laughs) (laughs) no that's cool Jay so I think now we should jump straight into our first spooky stories for this week Jay do you want to hit us off Okay, so my story is about a African creature called the Grutzlang. Mm-hmm. So there's this legend of a creature that lives in a really deep, dark cave. Mm-hmm. The deep, dark caves of Richesfeld National Park in northwest South Africa. And they call the creature the Grutzlang, which means big snake in Afrikaans language. And the deep, dark cave they call the bottomless pit because it is so deep and dark that no one knows the extent of its caves. Some say the caves travel all the way under Africa, and there are reports that the cave connect to the ocean 70 kilometres away. The caves have been mined and explored extensively for diamonds, and Alexander Bay, an old diamond mining town on the coast, is not far away. Uh, The creature is said to love treasure, especially diamonds, and it has a taste for human flesh and elephant flesh when it can lure an elephant into its cave because this creature is enormous. It's the body of a snake and the head of an elephant. The legend sort of origins 
with the Nama people who are speakers of the Koiko language mm-hmm. and um, they're a nomadic people who practice an animus religion. Interestingly, they speak or they have clicks as the consonant, so they're known as uh, one of the clicking languages. Yeah, there's actually whole tribes in Africa which um, have the entire language as clicks. Which it's is so yeah, different to how we communicate, like how we form our palate and speak. Yeah. I actually can't imagine it. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 But I mean, similar enough that they can say that they, these, na- that the Nama people use clicks as consonants. So yeah. It's like a, the structure is yeah, similar, knows. I guess. Um, most of the Nama people now are um, considered Nama Muslims. So, the, but there are some people that practice the traditional Nama religion. Yeah. And um, the area where the Grutzlang is mm-hmm. legend to uh, origin is considered a world heritage site because uh, it's the only place where the Kuiko people are still practicing any of their real culture at large. So cool. Okay, Frey, I'm going to show you a picture of the Grutzlang and tell me what you see. Okay. Um. So the Grutzlang, it's just... Okay, it's a big serpent, dark snake body. And then the head, like the top half of the head is like an elephant, really big and bulbous and it has a huge forehead and the big tusks, but then big evil snake teeth. And then the bottom half of the jaw is a like snake's jaw and it looks like it's like the, what's it called? Like the desiccating <laughs> jaw, like a snake. But um, yeah, you just showed me another one here that's like a Neopet version. <laughs> and also very cute. Yeah, I'm like, then a cute little Neopet version. He looks so angry. Like he's like this little angry, greedy elephant with treasure. And he's just like, that's my treasure. <laughs> yeah, really sweet little thing. <laughs> but yeah, I actually think like when I saw like sort of a cuter version, I was like, oh, he's pretty cute. <laughs> but when I saw the Neopet version, him I liked him. <laughs> All due respect. He is pretty cute and I kind of want a mini one. Yeah, maybe a mini one, not a huge um not a huge evil creature that wants to kill me. Do you think I would um I would like make a lot of money if I like found two of them and bred them and of course you'd make a lot of money over Absolutely. time. <laughs> over time made them smaller and smaller until I had made mini a little, a little a little teacup grutzlang. <laughs> teacup grutzlang. Oh my god. Okay, everyone needs to look up grutzlang right now. <laughs> And check, th- think about it as like a teacup version. <laughs> oh my god, so cute! Oh, they'd be like hoarding all your like jewel, your like uh-huh. jewelry. You know what you could do? Like you, could, you, what you would um, coins. You would just like you would domesticate. You would domesticate them and um, train them to like find loose change. They'd, I guess they'd <laughs> rob people and stuff so they could get the um, get money from them. And very vindictive. So like they might you know be kind of like. Like, turn on you. Yeah. Like Steal all the riches and then they just piss off. <laughs> then they Stabbing you with, like, a tiny pen knife. <laughs> the, little, um, the little tusk or something. I'd stab you with that. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Yeah, I think I, um, what's the word? I think that they'd be a bit of a, a problematic pet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit um creepy that he has the face of an elephant, that he likes to eat elephants. <gasps> The legend apparently has some ancient roots. So the Grutzling has the body of a serpent and the head of an elephant from when the gods made a mistake with its creation. Mm-hmm. And all other monsters like him 
were torn into two, giving place to elephants and snakes on this earth. Um, but the one, the Grutzlang, slipped away through the fingers of the gods because he was so cunning, intelligent, and vengeful. Vengeful on anything that comes to disturb him without treasures to trade in exchange for its life. Of those misfortunate enough to glimpse the Grutzlang, there have been reports and the history of the Richesfeld and the Northern Cape province is scattered with the sightings of the monster, even um, from ancient times. So there's some rock painting in the nearby in a nearby province on Cathedral Peak depicts a great horned serpent called Kubiang. And there are others in other caves in the area. And there's even a cave called the Cave of the Great Black Serpent in Rockwood Glen. So the whole area is just shrouded with like sort of sightings and like ancient history and modern history of... So are there lots of Grootslang or is it just one creature? Just the one creature Mm -hmm. that kind of slipped through. So in 1899, a merchant was crossing the Orange River, which runs through the Richesfeld National Park, when he saw the head of a monstrous serpent emerge from the water. And he said the head alone was 8 to 10 feet, including the neck. And then in 1910... Frederick Cornwall was camping in the Northern Cape province with two companions and one was bathing in the river nearby and suddenly the other friend came running, um, yelling that there was a huge wave had come up behind his friend. The wave had like massive jaws resembling a snake which had risen 12 feet in the air. And a treasure hunter in 1917 disappeared after members of his party were attacked and injured by lions, prompting legend that the Grootsling had snatched and eaten him. And in 1947, John Cliff saw a 20-foot crocodilian creature emerge from the big hole, which is an abandoned mine crater near Kimberley, Northern Cape. Um, And all of these stories were printed in the local press. And in November 1963, newspapers in the area started reporting more encounters with a water monster. And most of the reports were vague. There was someone called Stanley Jacob who was out fishing with his father and they watched a monster surface 100 yards from their boat. And at first they said it looked like a swimming horse and then they went to fetch a gun And when they came back, they noticed the animal had grayish brown skin smoother than a hippo's. So, yeah, maybe the creature was birthed in the sea. So I was thinking if there was legend that the caves connected to like the ocean, it's possible that there was some, yeah, like sea snake that came up through the caves to um came up through the, the tunnels of the caves to haunt the area yeah and in cambodia the ancient skeleton of a 40-foot snake was found that's about five cars long and some have reported the body of the Grootsling to be around the same you know it's possible that there's just still some of these like ancient reptilian had, dinosaurs around they had megafauna snake here in australia in australia as well so yeah, massive. The same as like Diprotodon and the, the giant, the, all the giant kangaroos and things. They're giant snakes as well. Giant snake dinosaur. <laughs> Jesus. Not even a dinosaur, literally just a giant snake. A snake. <laughs> <laughs> because snakes are dinosaurs. So we don't know, I guess, whether the monster is real 
or was alive or is still alive, but to this day the caves of the richest world area remain haunted with the image of a giant snake creature with an elephant's head. Do you reckon it's real or not? Or do you reckon there's um, people are just trying to deter other people from heading into those caves? Diamonds. Yeah, I'm like, is that where all the treasures are? And people are like, don't go in here. Yeah, well, it's possible that, I guess, like, an ancient story was embellished as, like, a like a Turret. warning to mm. miners who would come and take the diamonds. But, yeah, I don't know. It seems like uh, there's been, like, a lot of continuity with the story since, mm, like, ancient times. Yeah. I think, like, when I was doing research, I saw that there was, like, a tour you can do to the caves... Um, and I was thinking if I was there, like, in the caves with so much history about this monster, like, I definitely would be spooked and I would be on the you lookout for... You'd bring your for... gems so that he wouldn't kill you. Sorry? You'd bring gems to trade with him so he wouldn't kill you. He loves the treasure. I wonder, like, you know, how much gems you would have to take him there. Mm. It's a bit of, um, it's also s- reminds me of, gems? um, like, dragons in medieval mm-hmm. literature where they, um... They might they look after the huge pile of gold and like jewels and gems and stuff. Yeah, that is weird actually. Hey, like this myth of like giant some giant animal which Always is like just reptilian. like very greedy for gold. Yeah. I wonder if it was supposed to represent like kings because they're like a big personality, like a big mm. figurehead. They have a lot of power, so they're yeah. represented as like huge and like a beast. And then they're greedy, so they like are hoarding the 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 treasure and like those stories about dragons attacking other villages or Mm -hmm, other mm -hmm. like kingdoms could be like a king from another land coming in yeah and taking the gold or the wealth of the village Mm -hmm, yeah does seem to be a very reoccurring theme yeah big 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 reptile and um gold (laughs) actually you know they probably get on well with cats why because because cats are like (laughs) What? Cats a cat would like hold greedy. you up with a pen knife. <laughs> They're like, cats are like, um, about like their food the same way that Groot's Langs are about treasure. Yeah, true. I guess so. But I feel like cats, they don't even love the food. It's about, um, it's just about control. <laughs> like they want you to fill it, they want you to fill up the bowl, but they don't want to eat it. They're just like, good, you still listen to me. Actually, when I was reading about the Groot's Lang, there was this aspect of him that was more like obsessed. It was more about his obsession with treasure than it was about power. Kind of like a golem. Right. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. Gollum is obsessed with the ring because it does give him power. So, <laughs> I don't know. Is there like, I is it possible just to be tr- like pure, have like pure obsession with like vanity mm. or like treasure or does it have to be linked with its like, it has to be linked with its worth. Yeah. 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 So, it's always is about power. Like a rock. They wouldn't bother collecting something that's worth, like gives power and value. Yeah, unless you're just, like, obsessed with collecting things, like, fully OCD. Like those birds that like blue things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the birds. Of, no, but that's about sex. Right, to show their prowess. Yeah, because it, it ap- impresses the female. <laughs> we are simple creatures. Funny. <laughs> 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 need to get me some more blue things. Yeah, that's all you need in life. <laughs> Um, all right, Freya, so maybe we should move on now to our spooky snack time. Yeah, time for a little bit of um snacky ASMR. Yeah, we'll give you the um the track notes to where to skip to if you're not into ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, stay tuned for 
chewy, chewy mukbang time. <laughs> Welcome to our sneaky snack break. This uh, week it was my turn, turn to um, pick the snack for Miss Jayanna to eat. And today I have brought along some, um, this is a monster skin. <laughs> That I fried up for Miss Jayanna. The skin of a monster. Right? <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> right what you want on a um, blue moon. So, um, <laughs> yeah, close your eyes, Jay, and enjoy. What do you think of the um? It tastes kind of pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the um, flavor profile I was going for. Sorry. You didn't deep fry it enough. It still tastes like fresh skin. <laughs> All right, Jay. I think it's um. That's enough snacking on our monster skin, and I think we should get back into the um. Spooky stories of the week. And welcome back from Mukbang <laughs> Spooky Snack Time. Spooky, spooky ASMR. Freya, it is your time to tell me a story. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to tell you today about one of my um, fa- favorite and one of Indonesia's most famous ghosts, uh, Pontianak. There's like lots of different names. Like people say like Pontianak, Kuntilanak, and she's really famous. It's, this is a famous ghost that occurs in um, like Indonesia, Malaysia, and Philippines. And so she's a little bit different to Gurtzlang in that she's not just one mythical creature. This is a ghost that happens when someone dies and their spirit can't move on to the afterlife. And so... There is um like there can be an infinite amount of these ghosts at any time on earth. And so Pontianak, she is this really beautiful woman. She's got beautiful porcelain skin, long dark hair, and she's wearing this big white gown. But she's got red eyes, her gown is all blood stained and like and she's got really long fingernails and she also has either a hole in her like neck or in her forehead. And so this ghost, she is typically found like in the forest or under a tree um, and she walks around in the evenings and she's got a really beautiful smell of frangipani. So um, like from afar, you would just see like, oh, there's a beautiful, like fragrant smelling woman, but it's actually Pontianak. Scary. Yeah. And so Pontianak preys on men and the vulnerable and so she'll try and find you at nighttime and if you approach her or like come up to her, she will get her long nails and gorge you to death and kill you, like maim you with her long, long, gross fingernails. Watch out, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Kardashian-style fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> um, but what people can do, though, is that this ghost, Pontianak, they say if you can get a um, put a nail in her, like the hole that's in the, like the wound that's in the nape of her neck or in her head, she stops being this evil ghost and she becomes like a really submissive and subservient wife and she'll like look after you and just like clean and cook for you. But um, the second that the, <laughs> the, the nail comes out, she's going to 
maim you and like rip you ripple your organs out so when you put the nail in does she like change form or is she still like super creepy no she's still the same i guess she's a bit of like stepford wife vibes if oh there's lots of superstitions about what like what um things that will attract her or not so especially in kalimantan which is where the ghost originates it's like you shouldn't dry laundry at night time you should leave your lights on because drying like she said she'll she'll come to you if there's if you leave your laundry hanging out late at night yeah like the belief in her is pretty strong especially in villages and things like that the reason that pontianak comes into existence like i said before is um someone who has died and their soul can't move on to the afterlife so this could be like a unborn child uh sorry like a um like a stillbirth or something like that that spirit hasn't accepted that it's moved on and so it's sort of stuck in this in-between realm Mm -hmm. so the way so in indonesia they also have like a shaman who can come in and um uh like help these spirits move on so for example if you're if you have a stillborn maybe you'd bring a shaman in to um like pray over the the baby Mm -hmm. um but the like one of the rituals that the shaman or dukung can do they go into the cemetery where the person is is has died and then for 24 hours they do chanting and spells and praying over the body to tell the spirit like what to like that it needs to move on but before the spirit can actually move on it's going to fight with the dukung the, the dukung has to be strong and force the spirit off into the like they, afterlife they do magical battle yeah um, and some of the other things that the dukun can do to help the spirit move on is that the person who has died, they can like burn the chin of the person. And then when the fat comes out, <laughs> melts out, they'll use that to like make candles and later that can be used in other black magic things. Oh, right. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Just burn the, the fat of the chin. Of course. That makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> And this is called minyak dagu, which is your yeah, chin oil. If it's the if the dukung is a um like a witch doctory doing black magic, um they will sell this minyak dukung, and people can use that to attract people of the opposite sex. Cool. I'm just um I'm pulling up the dark web now. I'm gonna <laughs> just buy a bit of that <laughs> chin get oil. Some of that chin so oil. next time you're like really attracted to someone, or they have like a real presence where everyone likes them, maybe they're using some of this um chin oil to Ooh. to entice you in. Weird. Um, so yeah. when um the dukon do battle with the ghost, do you know whether it's like volatile or is it more like they're trying to can like uh convince them or work with them in order to leave? Yeah, it's like um this because the spirit is like hasn't accepted that it's dead yet. It really doesn't. It doesn't want the dukon to tell it to go. So it's like quite um. So the dukon's like. Listen, like you're dead. Like you really just have to, you need to like, fuck off, mate. Yeah, go to look your at the transparency of your skin. Like, <laughs> You've yeah. been disemboweling people. I think you're a bit enraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, they just need to, um, yeah, convince it that it's not meant to be there, and then eventually, if the dukung's good enough, the spirit will finally accept it and move on, and it won't um turn into this pontianak. The like reason I really like this ghost is there's a lot of different um theories about how she like this myth or not whatever it is has sort of come into existence and so people say that um like often women who have to walk home late at night that they're they're really vulnerable um and so to protect women they say that they've like created this rumor or they are exacerbating a story to stop men from approaching a single woman at night time so she might be beautiful and have like you know be really fragrant and have a nice perfume um but men will be 
are frightened, men will be frightened to approach her because who knows, she might maim you and like rip your organs out. <laughs> so it's actually like a um a like sexual harassment prevention mm, myth. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, that's like a um a lot, a lot of spooky paranormal creatures are in the form of women. Mm. And there's a lot of I'm sure there's like so many different reasons for that but i wonder if a lot of it is to do with re-empowering like women yeah by creating stories to scare off the men <laughs> the only only way to stop them from harassing you is to um for them to be frightened that you'll literally rip them apart <laughs> <laughs> well, violence is anything that speaks louder than sex apparently <laughs> yeah and also i think it's kind of interesting that um whenever you read about uh, Pontianak or Kuntilanak, she never, um, she's never really harassing women. Um, yeah, it's like typically men that men are the ones who are sort of seen as her main prey. So you said when you were there, it was like a pretty common story, mm. and there was, um, you said something about laundry, yeah, about hanging out laundry, yeah. And I've actually had this with um some friends before. Like I was. I was going to ask you this. Yeah. Because yeah, I had um, in my course, um, like when I would do my washing, sometimes I would just like leave something out at night. And if they would come over, they would just freak out. Like, it's so bad that you're drying your laundry at night time. Like, it's fine. And they'd, But they'd be like, no, like she'll come if there's a this spirit in the area, she'll come and she'll like, you know, you'll, you're just, um, you're asking for it by leaving that out. So then, yeah, after, I mean, after everyone, uh, complained about me dry- like all my friends complained about me drying clothes at night time i brought them all in Funny. <laughs> pretty annoying if everything's damp though mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i think i mean i don't think that many people necessarily believe it but it's just like such a strong myth i think it becomes a um a habit and then it's like look i don't necessarily like me i don't really necessarily believe it but i'm not gonna risk it <laughs> yeah totally it's like me in the grit slang yeah yeah if i'm in the cave <laughs> i'm yeah. like I'm fucking freaking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something else with Kuntilanat, which is really interesting, is that they say um, she makes the noise of a screaming child. So, like, if it's, like, a at nighttime, you might just be sitting on the veranda and you'll hear a screaming child. You will, like, want to go help because, yeah, maybe there's something wrong. But actually, it is Kuntilanat and she's, like, trying to entice you out. But they say that if the scream is near she's actually really far away. But if you can hear the scream really far from the distance, it means she's already at your house, which is just so freaky. Yeah, it's very backwards. Yeah, and that's what I guess is confusing because you're like, it's so far away, like whatever, it's not my issue, but actually it means she's already she's already there. There's something so scary about that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out like what it is about that, which is so scary. I suppose it's like, like plays on the unexpected. Yeah, and it makes you... um. Like, yeah, if you're hearing a screaming child, you're hopefully going to be concerned. But then it sort of, like, messes with that moral judgment because if you're, like, believing that she's around and it could be her, you're not going to react. Yeah, pretty freaky. Terrifying. (laughs) There's also some other theories of the type of person spirit who would become the Kuntilina, like the victim, a rape victim, um because who is then killed by the rapist and it's the reason she wants to attack men is it's to seek revenge on them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. interesting so in um the like 1771 there was this sultan um abrudaram and he 
was traveling to Kalimantan, which is where Pontianak is from, like the village of Pontianak is where she this um story originates from. And he and his crew on the boat, um, they like went to Pontianak and they had heard that it was like this kingdom that was haunted by this um female ghost. And whenever they went there, bad things would happen to them and they would like there was like women who would seduce them and things, but then like it would always end up badly. And so um, because he didn't want to, he wanted to, what's it called? Like he wanted to build his kingdom in this place. So to get rid of them, um, he found out from the locals that they are really frightened of like um, loud noises and like lights and things like that. So they got on their boat and they were like letting the cannons off and guns and things. And it Mm. um, like, it made them all disperse all the Pontianak and they cut down all the big um, fig trees where they would hang out. And so the, um, they had no one to hang out and he built like mosques and kind of like religious places to like stave them off. Banishing the, the ghosts. Yeah. But I mean, they're everywhere. I think, I don't know if it, how sure um, it worked. Yeah. I mean, maybe it worked for a bit, but now they don't just hang out in trees. They walk around the streets at night and they come to your washing and stuff. So terrifying. Yeah. Well, that was a very creepy story. I liked her, this Pontianak. Yeah, well, I think it's creepy because um, it's limitless the amount of this ghost there can be. It's just every time there's a... Yeah, it's like a ghost archetype or something. Mm, it's just like when your spirit is unsettled, this is some one of the ghosts that she could become. Yeah, it makes me feel like um, if there's, you know, if your spirit is unsettled, it's like there are a lot of different potential forms that it could take depending on the type of unsettled or the yeah the type of work that the spirit still needs Mm. to do in order to pass on yeah totally sometimes it's revenge (laughs) it is i'm like this woman she's mother nature is fair (laughs) exactly um yeah so that is the story of pontianat and i guess the um the moral of the story is leave your lights on don't hang your washing out at night time don't be a man approaching a woman on a quiet street. <laughs> I guess the moral of uh, the Gritzlang story was um, stay the fuck out of dark caves. <laughs> and if you have to go in, bring your gems and gold. <laughs> gold bullion. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's been our first episode of Creatures of Yord. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And um, good night. And sleep tight. <laughs>